You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Relationship Theory. I am your co-host, Tom Bilyeu, and I am here with the lovely, beautiful, and talented... Wow. Lisa Bilyeu. I thought you were going to finish it off there. (laughs) (laughs) No, I figured I'd let you jump in on your own. Uh, Welcome, guys. Always a pleasure to have you guys here with us. Excited to be doing another episode of this. Oh, and for anybody that came to the Success Live event... Uh, Thank you so much for coming up. There were many people that said that Relationship Theory was one of their favorite pieces of content that we do, so that was really cool, and it was awesome to meet you guys. I was very sad, as you all were, that my lovely and esteemed wife was not able to make it, but uh, we are still wrapping up house renovations, and that chains one of us to the house pretty much at all times at this point. Yeah, I was really disappointed I couldn't come, but... Yeah, it was a bummer. Yeah. That's, uh, I guess, what we get when we're business partners and husband and wife. Yeah, sadly. So. (laughs) All right, let's get to some questions. Let's do it. it. All right, so from last week, we have a question. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's keep going down the kids' angle because a lot of people actually um, responded. Yeah, we got a lot of comments about that. Yeah, so there's one question that was from um, Jermaine Sabland Cabrera on Facebook. He said, hey guys, my wife and I have been married for five years. Unless your minds change for something different, we won't, unless our minds, sorry, change for something different, we won't be having kids for another four to six years. My wife is 26 years old, I'm 27. Friends, family, acquaintances constantly ask us about having kids. Why we're not having them sooner and to not wait until we're after 30 to have kids because it's more dangerous and we'll be too old to really enjoy them. Wow. However, we don't believe that ourselves. Because every year we live healthier and stronger lives. Do you two hear similar responses when the kids' topic pops up? And how would you respond? Mm. Do you want to... Go for it. Um, we did probably hear that back in the day. We don't really hear that anymore. I think at this point people have really given up on us having kids. Uh, we've been so consistent uh, with the fact that we're that's not the path that we've chosen now for a long time. But yeah, in the beginning, I think people were pretty encouraging of us to do it early. Uh, it's so common now, though, that people wait until after they're 30 that, I don't know, I don't, I don't think it's a big deal. I think there is some biology that you're up against, and there's no question that risk factors do go up the longer that you wait. But I would say anywhere south of 35, it's probably not a big concern. Start getting north of that, and they start doing, like, I think amniocentesis, which is where they check the amniotic fluid for, mm-hmm. like, Down syndrome mm-hmm. and... I'm definitely out out of my depth here, but if memory serves, it's that and maybe some other things that they do start checking for as like a matter of course post-35. Um, so, you know, take that into consideration. But um, I don't know. And for me, because uh, also when we were considering having kids, adoption was also a very potential strategy. So I wasn't that freaked out about age. But I think so. that was more for you than me. Cause That's why I was kind of waiting for you to lead off. Like when it comes to kids, I think there's a lot more pressure on you. And Yeah, I mean, I think... So the one thing I want to address here is he said, you know, we're healthy and happier than ever, so I'm not tense. Right. Um, the one thing that me and you did is we had that brutal 
discussions. Like every time we wait, like you said, like it, I think it does change the chances of getting pregnant, right? As you sure. get older. Well, so that it, it definitely does. So, but, um, so they're saying like, we're happy and healthier than ever. So we're not stressed. The one thing we did is we had the honest discussion. If we wait and if, even if we're eating healthy, we're working out, if we wait, is it a risk we want to take? Like is, is knowing that I'm not getting any younger every year, it gets more and more difficult for me to conceive. So even if, um, you know, I'm staying healthy, there is that risk. And is that risk worth it? And I think that's what you really need to ask yourself. Like, is it worth it? Like if you guys go, you know, in five, 10 years, she may not be able to have children or whatever the situation may be. Um, did I make that right decision? You know, and we talk about that even with the decision to not have children. I always say, you know, in five years, in 10 years, God forbid something happened to you. I mean, there's there's so many right. different things that, you know, we have to think about. And the one thing for me is I don't ever want to have regrets. That's so weird. Like, I don't, and you say that all the time, mm. but like, you're going to have regrets. Like, right. 100%. Sure. I can make any human being yes. a guarantee because your regrets are based on where you are in that moment in your right. life. But if I've analyzed it, I go, okay, back then I thought this way. And so I regret having made that decision. All right, but, you I, ready? but I've really analyzed it. Yeah, go on. I die. Yeah, and we've 10 years from this. now. So now yeah. you're really screwed. Yeah, so we've then spoken what, are you about regret this. It? Like, God forbid something happened to you. Um, no, because we've I've really looked at the situation and I've taken the, both um, both circumstances. So, but what do you? Because emotionally, you will feel it. Emotionally, right. yes. you. This is not how I would look at mm -hmm. the situation. I want to be abundantly clear, and I don't advise, by the way, having kids right. to uh, stave off loneliness. Sure. I think that is a suicide mission emotionally because your kids are programmed to leave you. Yes, but let's ignore that for mm -hmm. a second. Uh, 10 years from now, not going to be able to have kids of your own. Anyway, you could still mm -hmm. obviously adopt, but you're not going to have kids of your own. I die. And like emotionally in that moment, the way that you see the world, yeah. you will wish you had had kids. Yes, but I think I would be able to intellectually say to myself, I analyzed the situation. I, I predicted that this could happen. Predicted, but I. So, how would you handle it? Would it be frustration, anger? No, I think I would. Gleeful acceptance. I think, yeah, I think it would be. I don't know about gleeful, but I think it would be absolute acceptance. Like I knew this was a possibility. I made the choice. Right. It's in essence. I hate to say it, but it's a gamble. It's a gamble between what if something happens, but I'm not willing to make a decision about having kids now if it's not right. Um, for the, a fear that I have in the future. Can I call bullshit? Yeah. So at the end of the day, yeah. it comes down to fulfillment. Like one of the reasons I think people have kids, it seems from the outside, I have not had kids, so I can't mm -hmm. swear to it. But between having worked with kids and having um, pets, I hate to say it, but there is a sense of fulfillment that you get out of that. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the huge drivers. And I think that's why for you, having gotten so into business and building something and all that, I think that you would need fulfillment. But mm -hmm. my gut instinct is, well, how about this? From the grave, I'm advising you now, if that happens, do not, don't waste a second thinking about it being a thing between he lived and I didn't need kids and he died and now I wish I'd had kids. What? You need to find fulfillment in building something, becoming something like, it, that the, it's not the choice between husband and kids. It's sure. really not. And I think that mm -hmm. that's super dangerous. I think it's, 
you need to be fulfilled and you need to have something at the core of your being that like makes you feel like you're giving something, you're connected to people and you have Dr. Drew, who I'm researching right now for tomorrow's interview. That guy is interesting, man. That guy is interesting. And one of his hypotheses that we will be talking about tomorrow for sure is that fulfillment is entirely 100% about the other. It's about somebody else. It's about connecting. It's about developing a skill set, which is very interesting. I want to talk to you more about. It's about developing a skill set that is of use to somebody else. So not just like ladling soup, but like you have a skill set that is useful to somebody else. And I think, this is interesting. I've never thought through this. I think you would turn to, you would start advising people. And I think that you would get into that like in a crazy deep way. Yeah, but let's backtrack for a second because I don't think I would necessarily... And look, who knows, right? When you're in a situation, you don't know how you're going to exactly act unless you are actually in that situation. You can prepare yourself. But I think that if, God forbid, I lost you and something happened, I don't know if I would want kids because like, oh, it's a fulfillment now that I set aside and I actually do want. I don't think it's that. It's literally I would want something connected with you and that's why i would be sad that we didn't because wow. i know and look it's, that's can i'm yeah you'd have to fall in love again like all of that stuff and i don't the last thing i want to do is be haunting you from the grave yeah like, but that's not your decision it's literally <laughs> <laughs> just because i'm dead i don't look, get i don't have a say anymore all, i mean look all saying is is that god forbid something happened to you right my instinct knowing myself well enough now is i wouldn't want a piece of you to hold on to would or wouldn't i would right and so i think that that's where i would be sad that i didn't have children because now i don't have a piece of you can we set aside a t-shirt or something (laughs) i mean look but we've discussed like i mean not necessarily your your spam but we've definitely spoken about freezing my eggs yes Um, And so that was another thing, like in analyzing not having kids, we thought about every situation, every scenario. And if we didn't, um, if we changed our minds and I was, you know, in my 40s, like what would we do? And so that was a possibility. But I wouldn't freeze your sperm and then like inseminate once you're you're gone. Like that's not what I was looking for. But but I think that's if I was to regret not having children, I think that would be the reason because I'd want a piece of you Mm. to hold on to. Like, I just want, it'd be so cute to have a little son with, like, your personality. Yeah, why don't you ask my mom how cute I was yeah, as a that's kid? True. I was a nightmare. Oh, I'd still love you. <laughs> All right, so let's go on to the next question. Yep. All right, let's find one good one. Let's have a look here. All right, let's um, do a shout out okay. to Harsh A. Singh. Um, so he says, Tom, this is Harsh from India. Just wanted to tell you that Inside Quest changed my life completely. Wow. Um, Thank you, man. Yeah. That's always a big honor. That was one of the neat things, and I'll vamp a little bit, so you don't have to listen. This will be for okay. them. You can find the next question. That was one of the things that I find just insanely gratifying about going to the live events and getting a chance to meet people is just hearing like it, it right now, like if there were a camera that were, you know, really far back, you would see that it's just the Impact Theory crew. Um, you, you 
project yourself out into the world, but like you really don't know how you're impacting people. You don't like, but for a very small number of people that comment frequently and you feel like you really get to know them and sort of limited by Dunbar's number and like you, at least I do, you hunger for that like real connection to look at somebody, to shake their hand, to hear a story, to see how it's impacted them. That is so cool. So we just definitely don't take that for granted. So anyway, that was a long way of saying, Harsh, thank you very much, man. That is so meaningful. And when we decided to um, engage with the world and that we weren't going to use success as a way to retire and withdraw, um, that we wanted to use it to go harder and deeper into helping more people and really building something um, massive, that that's what drove us. And, you know, when I do live events, I make one promise. And so I'll make you guys this promise, unless there was something weird in my schedule that doesn't prohibit or that, um, you know, that allows me to, wow, unless there is something in my schedule that prohibits me from doing so, mild stroke, uh, I stay and answer every question as long as there are questions. So um, at the Success Live event, I literally stood there in the foyer answering questions for six hours. Um, I've done that. It seems like the magic answer, by the way, is like six hours is sort of where people tap out. Um, but I won't break first. I will answer questions um, because that's what this is about for all of us here. Like we want to build something and we know that the community is everything. And the moment that um, we fail to recognize we are the neck and not the head, I think that we'll have problems. So as uh, the dutiful neck, like I want to be there to really engage with the head, which is the crowd and, um, you know, to be of service to the community. And obviously we'll, we have asks of the community and there's things that we need you guys to do. Um, so I really feel that's super important to pay that back and to let people know how meaningful it is to have that opportunity to affect their lives. Nice. All right. All right. And with that, I've got another question. Let's do it. So this is from our boy Saud Masood. Nice. This is from last week. Yep. Um, and I found it and quite liked it. Um, Tom, have you found any of your personality traits amplified in Lisa's presence? And what are they? If so, what are they? Uh, no, but I have found that you have shaped me and that I would be unrecognized, the person I am today would be unrecognizable without you, like for sure. So I don't think of it as, as anything being amplified by you, maybe. The way that that hit me when he first asked it, my answer is no. Yeah. Um, but in shaping me, I guess there were certain traits in me that you brought out and uh, breathed more life into and encouraged and... Um, you certainly make me want to be a better communicator and you definitely like the greatest line in all of movie history, at least in terms of how like much it resonated with me was you make me want to be a better man, right? Mm. Like you literally make me want to be a better man. You make me want to be a better version of myself. You make me strive harder than I would have without you. And so, um, you know, in that sense, yes, you've amplified everything that I value in myself because I want to be more of that for you. And don't you think, though, that it's not really a character trait, but um, like, for instance, when you're at Success Live, um, just by you knowing that I was watching live gives you another little extra. That's interesting because it definitely like um, it brings knowing that you're watching lowers my defenses. It makes me feel like I'm in a perpetual state of winking. Does that make sense? Hmm. Like it literally <laughs> because then I can do it just for you. Right. So that part of me that is playful and unguarded, um, I can do that when I think that you're watching hmm. in a way that like I can't if I don't 
think you're there. I'm almost the opposite. I find that because I so want to impress you, if you're right there, like I almost will get more nervous. That makes me sad. But but knowing that you're going to watch it obviously makes a difference. But live, I think it will just be nervous because I'm like, oh, am I impressing him? Like I'll be in my own right. head as I'm doing it. You call me. If I know you're there, like my anxiety levels will, like that was a big deal for me at the beginning of Inside Quest hmm. to have you like be the one running the show because I could look, okay, she's there. Like I can relax. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Hopefully over time I can have uh, a more calming effect on you, yeah. which is tremendously beneficial for me. So I'm very sad that, um, that I don't have that same effect on you. And maybe, I don't know. Like, And I mean, look, I think that's great that you're honest. I'm yeah. just, uh, it's so nice. But like, for instance, so have... last week, so I'm doing a, a podcast, which I'm still, we're still kind of working out the kinks yeah, on our launch and stuff like that. ridiculous that we still that. can't say. But anyway, but... last week, I went and recorded one mm -hmm. or two episodes. And we literally shut ourselves in this closed room. We had nobody near, no one. And there's just something intimate about it. 100%. But knowing that you're going to listen and knowing that you really believe in me, like I had that in my head. And so it wasn't like, I wasn't nervous. I was just like, yeah, like I've got to prove that like, I'm not going to let him down. But if you were in the room, I think I'd have a totally different reaction. Interesting. Yeah, hmm. I don't know why. Wow. Um, all right, so let's get some more questions. Um, I had one here, oh, okay. So this is from Deborah Goncalves Alkmin on wow. Facebook. Mm -hmm. This was I'm, from. Can I just say for a second? Thank you for being the one that has to deal with the names because <laughs> it is so hard. Like the names are hard. The names are just hard, and we have like a worldwide audience, and so it gets really hard sometimes. So yeah. Deborah, we apologize for brutalizing. I'm sure. You know what? Cindy's name, really but... good at saying names. Really? Yeah, I've always noticed, but I'm terrible mm. at it. Respect, Cindy. Well um, okay, so she, she is the voice of the community, she after is all. So, in fairness. So Deborah says, hey, Tom and Lisa, you guys have been helping me from far away. My yeah. partner and I live in a long distance relationship Oof. right now, Canada and Brazil. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Your tips are great. It's helping us a lot as a couple. Thanks for being such a good example. Wow. But I wanted Her to honor. bring that, that kind of comment up because we had to have a long distance relationship for right. almost two years. So A, Deborah, we know exactly what you're going through. Um, what tips would you give, Deborah? Now, of course, when we were dating, though, there was no text messaging. Yeah. There was no Skype. So I know different. this is showing our age now. So we literally had a phone mm -hmm. that we could call each other, but you would work all day. I would be, you know, like, um, because of the time difference, so you would write me an email. Yeah. And then I wouldn't read read and respond till that night. So that meant you were getting it the next morning. Yeah. Um, I'm sure people back in the 1920s are laughing about how like right. tough we're life is complain. now. Yeah. Um, I really hope people from the 1920s are watching <laughs> this right now. Welcome to the show. You need to call me on that. That is amazing. Amazing. Oh. How They would be almost 100. So full hey, respect. For, from someone Thank who you. wants to live forever, don't know. Oh, trust me. I'm with you. Yeah. Absolutely. So we had it quite, it was quite difficult for us. Right. Um but we worked through it. What would you, would you say to Deborah were the things for us that kind of helped us get through that time? Wow. Well, here's what I did. And I am not necessarily saying that everyone should do this. And it, it makes it 
heart-wrenching to be a part. And so, wow, it, it just was so painful. But I don't see how a long-distance relationship can thrive if you don't do this. Um, but I have not thought enough about this. I have exactly one moment of experience with this. Um, but I intentionally stayed obsessed. Hmm. So... I needed to like make you my focus and be breathing fire into our relationship because if you like the easiest way to deal with separation is to switch off and to just not think about it and that that would work and I remember thinking cuz um we used to separate at Christmas time so you would usually go you would either go ahead of me to London if we were going to London first, or you would stay in London um, if we went to London second. And so we'd end up being apart for a week, 10 days, two weeks. And during that time, I remember thinking, I just want to shut off. I want to stop thinking about you because it's so hard to be apart. Uh, like for me, like I so enjoy our relationship and so have just given myself over to being a pair instead of being on my own. Um, it, it hurt, literally, it hurts. Like there's actually a physical component of pain to being apart. And I thought if I just switched my mind off to this, it would be better. And it would have been better. Mm -hmm. The problem is that then you, um, especially if you're living a long distance relationship, you just slowly start to mm -hmm. drift apart. And I just, some part of me knew that would be a bad strategy. So, um, when we were living apart at times for a month or two months, like I just had to really like, I would always think about you and write to you and write just like a lot, a lot, a lot to, to feel like I was talking to you and to feel that connection and to like keep fanning those flames. And that really worked. It makes being apart that much harder, which maybe is good because it forces like we to find a way to like be together as much as humanly possible and to keep the times apart as limited as possible. And, you know, you get what you focus on. So I was focusing on being in love. I was focusing on the passion between us. I was focusing on you, you, you. And that like kept that like intensity even when we were apart. Right. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, we had to be very honest with each other about what we were looking for or what we needed during that time um, because we handle things, you know, sometimes very differently. So I I do shut off. Like, whenever I'm in pain, I almost, like, my instinct is to shut that off so right. I don't have to <clears throat> address it or not address it, but I don't actually have to feel that emotion. Um, but doing that from a distance, God, that would have been a that would have been disaster. And so I think I recognize that. And I think you definitely told me like, hey, like I need I need you to be more open or um, because I didn't want to feel sad about being away from you. So I'm going to shut that part of me off. But in us communicating and what you needed and what I needed, like I think that made all the difference. And when you think about it, people are always growing, right? So if you're spending, you know, three, four, five, six months apart, how do you make sure that you don't, like you said, right, when you've built this bond that you don't end up doing this? If you're spending six months apart, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying I don't want to do it. Sure. Like that sounds... That sounds But like, hard. for instance, people who work on movies, right? When they go on to on location. I don't think you can let six months go. So let's let's do the impossible one, the military. Because you literally, like, they're not going to let you go to Afghanistan and yeah. be with your significant other. So, like, that I'd one, that is a sacrifice. I'd love to hear from the community, sacrifice. actually, if yeah. there's someone out there. Like, what are your tips Ooh. that you guys do? Like, that would be so tough. Brutal. 
Um, Brutal. But yeah, so I think it's just really making sure that you're always connected. And I think that really kind of goes with whether you're in the same city or living in the same right. house or not. You know, I mean, even let's take last week. So you had the success thing. I had the podcast thing. So literally from, I think we spent Monday and Tuesday together working. Mm. And then for the rest of the week, you were completely gone. So we went for like four or five days without seeing each other. Um, even then, like when you're, you're so on all the time that by the time you call me in Skype, you're like, hey, babe, you know, I'm, I'm really tired. I'm going to bed. Just want to let you know I love you. Right. So that's the extent of our interaction. So for me, it was the second you get back, I'm going to make sure that within that time, whether it was a day because we had all of Saturday together, I'm going to be on and I'm going to make sure that you know, like I'm going to be super attentive to and you. this was actually funny. Why? Because you were so... Was I it was top? so sweet. Oh my God. <laughs> and that was like, finally I had to apologize. I'm like, I actually feel bad because I totally get why you're being like so sweet and so attentive. But it's like, you were treating me like it was my birthday. I mean, it was like crazy. You wanted to make like special food. And I'm like, look, I'm... I'm trying to like, you know, keep my weekends not too crazy from a calorie standpoint. And you were like, I'll make you ice cream, like keto ice cream, keto but I'll make you cream. keto ice cream. And like, so it was, that's so you, like you really want to like go over the top and really like show somebody. I mean, your thing was like base it. If you had listened to her, it was like I had been out slaying wildebeests and like <laughs> it was it was amazing and romantic and sweet beyond measure. But it, part of me was like, I was just at an event, right. you know what I mean? And, and it was like I had been fighting forest fires. But you know what? Because I was actually thinking about that. And I was like, wow. I, so you got a little annoyed with me. Are you okay for me to tell the story? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so on the weekend, you got a little annoyed with me because I was so like, I'm going to make him feel super special. Like he's been out doing the success live. Like you, Killing mastodons. <laughs> but like to me, it was, right? Like you were fighting for the family. It wasn't just you were out speaking. Like no, no, you trust said. me. To it's me, very it's, sweet. You're out there fighting for the family, fighting for the right. company. And so I never want to take that for granted. And because you had left, I was really sad I didn't go. And so then I was at home dealing, obviously, with a lot of business stuff right. and then the house stuff. And so I was just feeling super overwhelmed. And in the past, when I'm feeling super overwhelmed, I just keep going down that path until I break. And this time I was kind of like, what's going to make me feel good? Right? right now I'm feeling overwhelmed. I've got a lot on my plate. Like, I don't want to be bitter that you're gone right? and left me to it because you're out fighting slaying dragons, like right. in my mind, right? So I was like, I need to show the, my appreciation for you. Like stop being so in my own head. Like I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And I, thought, I was like, well, he's out there doing it too. So instead of going, I've been left alone, I'm like, no, I need to reframe it in my mind. And I need to say, my husband is out there fighting for me, my family, the babies, you know, our, our dogs, um, the company, like, and I really meant that. So I just switched my mind. And so I was like, I'm going to do a lot of things that are going to be special to you. And I'm going to show you how much I appreciate it. Now, because I think I, I think I went a little hard, but I, like, that's me. No, it was right? so like, I don't sweet. That's the hearts. worst part. It was so sweet. But because I kept asking like, what do you want? Do you want this? Right. Do you want that? How do you we want it? Do you want this? Do you want that? We literally got in an argument about olives. Just uh, Yeah, so like, I said, do you want olives? And he's like, I don't care. Like, what? So anyway, you got this annoyed. This was like question 682 about what I wanted, <laughs> just to be clear. But yeah. Okay, so yes. So eventually you just got annoyed. And so you're like, look, what I, like my selfish desire, and we've spoken about this on, you know, um, Facebook before, is my selfish desire 
and we always say what it is. And you're like, my selfish desire is to not be bothered to have to answer 20, 30, 40 questions about what I'm eating, what I'm doing, because you get asked questions all day, every day. Right. But I'm just trying to make it super special no, for you. It, it's one of those impossible moments. And I. But I came to a realization. Oh, shit. Yeah. Drop that knowledge. Yeah. So. When you said, like, I don't want to be asked. Like, I'd rather have no freaking olives and it be worse and not be asked than have olives and it be better. And then I realized I kept bugging you and asking you for my own sake because I wanted to feel like I was being the best and, like, best wife I could possibly right. be for you and give you everything you ever wanted. And this is because it's a gift that I would want. Yes. And so literally I was like... I'm saying I want to do it for him, but he's clearly getting frustrated. It may just be about olives, but who cares? It's not about what it is actually as a tea argument. Right. So I was like, I keep pushing him. I keep asking you questions over and over. And the truth is, is because I want it to be so perfect so that I can feel like I'm the best wife. 100%. So I switched that in my head and I just said, don't ask him. If he doesn't, he may prefer it with olives. But I'm not going to ask him and I'll just make the decision. And if he's like, why the hell are there so many olives on here? I'm just going to shrug and go, that's what you get. Right. But oh, not, not bitterly, but yeah, just yeah, like yeah. as a... No, rightly so. And so that, that was the conclusion. And an amazing conclusion. And when we were arguing about... Not arguing, but when we were... When I was definitely frustrated about the olives, my thing is give the gift that person wants not the gift you would want right right? and so i'm literally what i said was i don't know how else to explain the gift like if you're trying to give me a gift the gift i want is to not have to think about it Mm -hmm. or just take my first answer because the way that it went down was oh god would you ask me like do you want more olives on it and i was like no it's fine and you're like but i think you really do like it with more (laughs) olives and so then i was like Good Lord, like, just take my first answer. Like, even if you think it's a bad answer, just take my first... Because now, like, you're making me argue for the way that I want it. But it's based on experience. I know you well enough. Oh, 100%. I know... No one should be able to make decisions about what I want other than you. Like, I fully understand that. You know me better than I know me. And my first response oftentimes is based on, like, some trapped thing that... At some point, I decided, like, for a cognitive shorthand, always say yes or always say no or whatever. But you actually know experientially the things that I respond to. And so, oh, for sure. Like, whatever. And that was literally my response. Whatever you think. Like, you know this better than I do. So rather than have to go through, like, the argument of you convincing me I want more olives. Like, if you know I want more olives, just put more olives. Yeah, and I think it's really. I so (laughs) wanted to. I I can't believe we're having this conversation. I hope it helps. But it's like the tea argument, right? It's a much bigger issue. And then I realized, like, because my then fear was if I put more olives on your food, and you're eating, you're like, oh, God, it's actually got a lot of olives. Right. I'd feel like that was a failure on my part. Yeah, and now yeah. I haven't delivered on what I was trying to deliver yeah. on. So then I get frustrated. So, like, these, <clears throat> these little, tiny little things that we really do dissect and kind of figure mm. out. Because it's those to, otherwise things. Otherwise, you argue about olives yeah. every time. Or other things. Um, all right. So, let's have a look. If you want a fighting chance against the competition, you need to be using the best technology and platforms in the world like Shopify. 
For whatever and wherever you want to sell, from launching to going international, Shopify is the global commerce platform that will help you grow at every stage of your business. Shopify is your all-in-one platform to quickly and efficiently take your business to the next level. Now, I love everything about Shopify because it makes it so easy for you to start, run, and grow your business. It didn't used to be this easy. I'm telling you, back in the day, it was a lot harder. I'm so jealous. Shopify powers more than 10% of all U.S. e-commerce because businesses that want to grow quickly and efficiently choose Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash impact, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash impact now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash impact. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. By the way, thank you. You were amazingly sweet this weekend. Oh, bless you. That was very kind to treat me like I was killing mastodons. Thank you. Um, all right. So this question is from Olavi Aholo. Give it to me one Ahola. more time. Olavi Olavi Aholo. Olavi Aholo. Sorry. All right. All right. So. Olavi. That's kind of yeah. a cool name. Hey, Lisa and Tom. How do you guys manage couple time on a daily basis? I work 50 mm. hours or more and I have two jobs and I'm training four Oof. to five times a week and it takes one hour to my workplace and one hour back home. Busy schedule. And thanks for the answer last time. And I love the story where you guys had to collect coupons and you found the joy. Thanks. Much love from Finland. Wow, Finland. What's up, Finland? So, um... How do we manage couple time? Yeah. Um, well, so here's the important thing to remember. We are not the right couple for everyone to look up to for behavior. I will just say that right now. Uh, so the way that we've done it is I am going to work a lot. That is just the truth of my existence that, uh, I'm very ambitious. I like that about myself. It's not something that I have any intention of changing. Um, so we realized, I won't say very quickly, but we finally realized that for, if we were each going to have a career, it needed to be the same. Like we needed to be coming together, building something together. Um, otherwise it would just be us spending just way, way, way too Mm -hmm. much time apart. So, um, our thing isn't time together. Our thing is how do we make sure that when we're spending time, that is couple time as you referred to it, that it isn't a business. And that's, that was um, very hard 
we're still not great at it, but we know like if we're um, the workday is over and it's, you know, dinner time that at that point don't bring up work. We're not perfect about it, especially because it's like don't bring up work unless it's something that's exciting. And because it's not like a really bright line, which usually comes to my aid. Uh, because it's not a really bright line that can get a little dicey, especially like if I'm really excited, but it just stresses you out or you're really excited, but it stresses me out. Mm. Um, I think our big win is Saturdays. Like Saturdays are just sacred time. And if if one of us has to work, like we try to isolate it and the other person usually will get work done at that point. Um, the same. So it's like we carve out time to say this is work time. This is together time. And then try not to talk about work during together time. Yeah, I'd be curious to know if Olavi, if you feel like you have quality time and your other half doesn't, or if you're both feeling the burn. That's interesting. Because you don't feel the burn as much as I do. Very and that's true. the truth. Like literally, he could go weeks and weeks and weeks and not realize, oh, we haven't had breakfast on a Saturday morning. I don't take that personally. That's just not your personality. You don't think about it. You're go, 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 and so laser focused right. that those other things kind of drop off. And so I think the important thing is I get that about you. And so I have become the, let's say, responsible one in making sure that A, we do, and then also recognizing that I get that I feel the burn a lot quicker than you. Right. And so if I feel the burn a lot quicker than him, I have to be very articulate in letting you know I'm feeling the burn. And so I wonder with Olavi if um, their partner is feeling the burn and he's not, mm. or vice versa, or if they're both feeling it. Because then it becomes like, what are the sort of things you guys can do together, right? Or carving out that one hour or that one day or that half a day and making sure that you each understand where the other person is coming from and there's no judgment, right? I, you wake up crazy early, right? Four, 3 a.m. sometimes, you work out and you'll go, go, go. So I may not actually hang out or have any time until the evening and even that very rarely sometimes we'll make, maybe eat together and then you're back at work. But um, I didn't know where, I can't remember where I was going with that one. It was somewhere but, amazing. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, feeling the burn, you feel the burn yeah, so more I, than I do. Go, go, go. So I think that we just, I don't know specifically where I was going, but I think as sure. a general, like making sure that she feels heard because that's very important. You make me feel heard. You don't go, look, I'm on a mission and, you know, why are you on my case about it? Like we don't, we don't deal with it like that, right? Mm. We sit down and I say, look, I'm feeling a little neglected. I'm feeling like I haven't seen you. I'm feeling like I haven't had time with you. And so you'll be very responsive to that because I'm always supportive on the other things. So you'll say, okay, so what do you need? Like, how do you want us to work? And I'm like, well, I, may, I, I want dinner with you. And you look at your calendar and it's very strategic, like it's very um, logistical. It's like you look at your calendar and you're like, all right, babe, if you want dinner, like I'm actually booked until Thursday. Like what if we have breakfast together instead? Or why don't we work out? We don't ever work out together. But yeah, as ideas, ever, right? Sure. Like as things that they could do together that they both feel. Or like you're, you're driving. You said you've got a, an hour commute. What if you called? Right. And spoke to her on the way home or spoke to the other person and gave, you know, an account of your day or like how you're feeling. So. Yeah. I think that um, you deal with the, the, the hours that you do have in the best way and make, maximize those. Yeah, the set aside time, like let's be really strategic. Set aside time, make it be sacred, even if it's once a week. Um, we used to do date night when I was working and you weren't, so it was like physically we were apart mm -hmm. all the time. 
Um, so we set aside date night and we just held to that like a religion. And so doing things like that to make sure that you get time and then communicate, make sure that you have rules of engagement. So, um, you know, how much time is okay to spend apart and how much time, you know, do we spend together and what do we do when we're, we're together? And, you know, you just literally have to talk it all out and make sure the other person feels heard, not judged. And so, like you said, when you speak up and say you're mm. feeling the burn that I'm not like, oh man, come on. Like I'm trying to, you know, it's like we've agreed like nobody's emotions or agenda is more important than the other person. So, um, you just, yeah, you have to be super respectful. But of what there the other have been many needs. times that you've, I've said like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm feeling the burn and you've just been very honest. And I. And what? Yeah, like you've been very honest and you've said, I'm kind of processing, like you've said to me, like, sorry, babe, I know you're feeling the burn, but I have to do this. Yeah, there are definitely times, and we're both thinking probably of one time but, no, but in particular it, that... I think in general, like, you've, you've done that a few times where it's like, look, I, you know, you spent three nights away or, you know, I've been sick, like, literally in bed with a fever, I'm, right. you know, 102 degrees um, fever, and you're not home or you've got business meetings. And so it's like, I just want, I want to be just spoiled right i want you to be there night and right, right? like Rightfully selfishly so. i want you to be sitting next to me night and day right. dabbing me with you know the cold towel but i realize that's not the reality and there have been times where you've had to travel take when our, our puppy passed away batman Oof. right you had to travel and so he was super sick you had to leave but i didn't hold like i didn't judge you for it i didn't say he doesn't love me he doesn't love our dog like there was nothing I don't take that as a personal thing because every other time, like on the days that you are here, you're very attentive. And so I didn't take that like as a, um, oh, he doesn't care about me, but it's tough, right? It's tough when you're in bed and you're sweating and you've got 102 fever and you have to get up and deal with it yourself. But I don't think of that as being a... Um, yeah, and just to be clear, I'm not out with golfing buddies. You know what I mean? Right, so it's like exactly. we've agreed on what we're trying to build exactly. and when there's something important... And they collide. Yeah. So, I mean, trust me, if I never want to be gone when you're sick, yeah, like that's brutal. Sure. And that's, so I think, the thing, right? It's not that you that's... want to, it's just that you have a drive in you that you know where you need to get to. And those are the times where everybody else would stay home. They would, um, I guess, like not push through because you feel so bad leaving me, but you're still going to do it. Right. And I don't take that as a like, he doesn't love me, he doesn't care for me. All right, next question. Indeed. What was that smile? No, just you're insanely um, committed to what we're trying to build, that there is no question that you have totally committed. Like, there's just no two ways about but it. But isn't, I don't know if it's like, it's because I'm totally committed to what we're building. I mean, I am. I'm just saying that I think. I was going to say, are you trying to tell me something? Yeah. No, but I think that I'm totally committed to being a facilitator in you achieving what you need to achieve. Does that make sense? It does. So like, it's not like I'm, I'm okay with him doing all these business things because he's doing this goal. Yes, I want to hit that goal. But more specifically, it's I'm okay with him doing all these things because I know that that's what he needs to do to be the person he wants to become. Right. But what about you? What about me? What about you becoming the person you want to become? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying in those situations where I think I, I need you present or need you here, but you can't be. Right. Do you get what I mean? I do get what yeah. you mean. I'm just thinking, like, I'm putting myself in somebody watching this, their what they'll hear in that is that you're just trying to facilitate me and I want to make sure that they understand that that isn't the sum total of it. Like you've got your own agenda. There are things that you're trying to do and push forward and accomplish. And that's why for me, like the thing that's really made us successful is to build something together so that right. as you're pushing yourself forward, as you're making sure your agenda mm -hmm. is also seen and expressed so like you have these two competing things. You're one, on the one hand, a very driven, independent woman, hell-bent to like be successful and do something amazing. And that's why I think that if something ever happened to me that you would really go into advising people and helping because I know how good you are at doing things on your own and building and you've got just a lot of incredible wisdom when it comes to that. And then you're also um, on the flip side just an insanely incredible wife somebody who is very supportive somebody who's totally all in not only in the relationship but what we're trying to build so i can just feel the comments coming that's why i was i want to make sure people know that about you <laughs> um all right let's get another question all right this question comes from samir muhammad um, and he asks, hey guys, you two are the definition of relationship goals. Thank you. Well, thank I have you. a question. Consider me a younger Tom who just met his Lisa. What are some core values that you think would be absolutely vital for younger Tom to have communicated thought through with his, his date for successful marriage life? With his date? Oh, 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 with the person that he's dating? Yeah. All right. To so be a successful yeah. marriage. I think that's aimed at you. Consider me young times. No. So what values was I trying to communicate? Sure. Um, in the beginning, the things that I felt were really important weren't anything specific necessarily. So absolutely vital to mm -hmm. have to communicate through, um, to, for a successful marriage. So more than I think that it's anything specific, I think you have to be honest about who you are, the things that you like, the things that are meaningful to you. So obviously getting you to understand my level of ambition was critical. I needed you to understand that because that was never going to go away. That wasn't, I mean, we talked about that really early on. It's like, you can ask me to give up. I didn't say this, but the moral of the story being once we are committed to each other, you could ask me to give up anything except my ambition because it's the one thing that is so fundamentally me that if you were to ask me to give that up, I would cease to be me and then resentment would build up and it would be a nightmare. Um, other things are sort of affectations, right? It's like, okay, you, um, you don't, this wasn't something, I'm just trying to think of something. You don't want me to play soccer because hitting the ball with your head causes brain damage. Oh, okay, well, you know, something like that is not a fundamental part of who I am and, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. So something like that, I literally can't think of anything that, like that that we had to give up but like just the the thing that i knew was so fundamentally me that just was off limits um we talked about that um we talked about things like i'm always going to find other women attractive like just n the nature of a human being type stuff i did not want to play the game of you or me expecting of you to pretend that like we're not 
locked in the human condition. And the human condition is people find people attractive. So I was like, look, I wouldn't trust you. This was back when Brad Pitt was just at the height of his sexiness. And I was like, I wouldn't trust you if you said that you didn't find him attractive. Mm -hmm. Like, so please don't put me in a weird position where it's like, oh no, no, I only have eyes for you. It's like, now I, I am uneasy. If I just know you're gonna be honest and you don't feel that you have to hide anything, then it's like, it's kind of like facing the, uh, this just came up to me this morning. So uh, military people have this saying, never put your back to an entrance, right? So they always try mm -hmm. to sit at the back of the room and facing just so you can see things coming. And like in a relationship, if you're not pretending something about your nature um, is, is a way other than it is, then it's like, I can see everything coming, right? So I don't have to feel weird or awkward. So I was very upfront about that. I will always find... That ahead. was amazing, by the way. I remember when you said that to me and I was like taken aback because I had, you know, come out of a long relationship where the guy was jealous if I even just like my eye happened to glance past another right. guy. Yeah, I mean, look, that just comes from deep insecurity, right? And here's the thing. I get it. I have my insecurities. And part of being in a relationship is giving the other person that power, like literally giving them the mm. power to destroy. And then the other person, like they earn their credibility by not destroying. Like, and if you're with somebody who abuses that, man, that to me is, is a literal cardinal sin. Like cannot, I would never tolerate that. Um, so yeah, f being honest about the fundamental nature of human beings and not pretending like you've somehow transcended that, um, being honest with those things about you that are fundamentally you and that aren't things that you're going to give away. And then God, like this is going to sound weird, but your level of excitement for things like passion, like sharing that stuff and seeing if the other person is equally excited by that. Because at the end of the day, like there's gotta be things that you guys share that you're really clicking on, that you're both passionate about, mm. that you come alive when you talk about, that you're gonna be able to enjoy together. And then, God, what else would I think somebody I, needs? I just, sorry, you can keep thinking, no, but please. like I really wanna go back to that um, because you had, pretty much our first date or let's say our first couple of weeks of dating you had said that to me about like of course you're going to find other guys attractive like I'm not it's actually even more impressive and more meaningful that in fact you said this about me right like both it's actually more meaningful when there's a sea of good looking people sea of intelligent people sea of all this the types of people you would be drawn to but I choose you that's actually more powerful than saying, I don't find anyone else attractive. I don't think, I don't have eyes for anyone else except for you. And when you said that, and this was kind of at the beginning, I was like, that's so true. And I, I think in society, we're just so taught that the second you get with somebody, you can't, you have to shut off that other part of you. And so it just becomes a, um, it's false, right? Like, and now, like if, we're at the gym or, you know, I'll say to you, like, what do you think of that girl's butt? Like, do you like it? Because I want to, <laughs> right? But like, I want to know because I want to know like, oh, cool. Because I actually think she's, you know, got a decent tushy. That's something I want to build. <laughs> this is getting weird. Um, right? But like, I so want that type of butt. Do you like it? Because right. that's what I'm going to work towards, you know, or a woman's arms. Like, do you think her arms are too muscly? Right, right. So I actually... Yeah, I don't mind, um, and vice versa. Like saying about the Brad Pitt thing, like you were so right. It's like, of course you're gonna find other people attractive. Just because you've started dating someone doesn't mean that you shut off that part of you. And so, yeah, I think that that was so interesting, powerful. I'd never heard any other guy say that and be that confident. So even if you were insecure, like it didn't come across like that. Yeah, look, my thing is that 
if you're only with me because I am the most attractive person to you, like even not even in the world, but just to you, like that is so not anti-fragile. Mm-hmm. Like th- that is such a position of weakness. What happens if I get in a car accident and, right. and I have a scar, yeah. right? Oh, so now we're not going to be together. Right. Like it, it's just crazy. It's crazy. So be upfront, be respectful, be like yourself, be deeply passionate, be engaging, be interested. Like, at some point, like that, we need to write the the twenty five bullet. Yeah, point people are asking like, right it, now, and I literally have it on my list of important things, and I just have not had a chance. That list is getting longer by the minute. Um, but yes, so a lot of people are saying, "Where's the human the, condition? The human condition? The human condition? Like we're all people." And that is so true. And I think that is we can just embrace it instead of like trying to change it to something we think it should be. People be a lot happier, man. People be a lot happier. Get behind that notion of commitment. I am with you because I am committed to this. We're all going to turn to, look, maybe one day medical science reverses this all. But right now, we're all on a trajectory to become a bag of wrinkles. That just is what it is. And because I knew it's a one-way street to bag of wrinkles, like I was way more worried about you, right? So because my thing is, guys, to a certain age and extent... They become more attractive as they uh, get Ooh, older yeah, and this. obtain wealth, right? So, and women become technically less desirable as they age. So it's like, that's a shitty proposition. So you're saying that like we happen to be meeting here in our early 20s mm-hmm. where it's like, I'm not in a great position, but I'm going to be, right? Because you, you got with me when technically I was super undesirable, uh, did not make a lot of money, did not have access to resources. I was young, so I didn't even have like wisdom. So it's like, you're kind of getting me at the bargain basement price. And here you are at the height of your attractiveness. Um, and that according to society, it's like just all downhill from there for you. And But for you, it's... Right, I'm going up and you're coming down. And that we just happen to meet like in the middle. <clears throat> and that just seemed like a a super shitty way to live. Like talk about being in a relationship should make you feel better about yourself, period. Like why would you make all the sacrifices? Like it's gotta be building you up. It's gotta be better. It's gotta be more amazing. Anything else. So literally I'm going into it thinking, okay, well that would suck if you didn't feel like, dude, we're in this forever. Mm -hmm. And that means that we have to reconceive of being with somebody because they're beautiful. So my thing is, look, she is beautiful. And I enjoy the shit out of that. And the fact that you take such good care of yourself, like I enjoy it. I don't take it for granted. I make sure that you know that I like your tushy. Is that <laughs> literally? She I'm has never said that polite. word ever before in her life. Airs and graces and tushy. Like <laughs> the microphone <laughs> brings like the weirdest words out of you. Because not going to say off. Yes, but I'm yeah, saying it. Like Baby, do you like that woman's ass? Do you think it looks good? Yes, I do. Thank you for pointing uh, it out. That's literally my wife. She is not bashful. If she thinks somebody has a, a good body, she will be the first to point it out. I remember one time, hey, everybody, if you have kids in the car and we haven't already scared you away, uh, now's the time to plug their ears. <laughs> we were once at a, a, a the Roosevelt Hotel. Like This wasn't some like dicey place. We're at the Roosevelt Hotel here in Hollywood, and these two women, topless, mm. start kissing I never would have noticed. You grabbed me and are like, check that out. And I was like, my wife, ladies and gentlemen, is the most amazing human being ever. Zero jealousy. It was incredible. Yeah, but you've but made me not 
fear jealousy and I think that look it's a it's a kind of mixed bag right you've got to have confidence you've got to have um because look there are moments that I don't feel confident at all but you have really um you know you're always very complimentary and I just think it's important to make the other person feel um good about themselves and you've said that to me so many times where you've said like um like one day you will be a bag of wrinkles one day and and it's like and you keep saying I will love you for that And so that just makes me feel, you know, like I think every woman fears getting older to some extent. Like I actually don't fear it, but I do know one day I'll be super wrinkly and super, you know, like, but I look at the women in the gym and I look at the older women and I'm like, they're a bad ass chick and they're not letting them. Do you remember that woman that was deadlifting? She was like 70 years old. That was legit. And she was like deadlifting like, what was it, 120 pounds or something? I think it was more, like 135. Maybe, oh, maybe, I don't know. I remember thinking, wow. Right, and you were like, like, you need to be like, you need to be strong, you need to, right? So that's something in my control. I can't help getting older, right? None of us can. But you were like, you need to make sure that you're going to be around for a long time. So you need to right. stay strong. Like, look how... Imp- so it was a shift, at least in my mind, of what was impressive. And like, for you, you're like, it's strength. It's the mindset. It's all these things that don't have to do with things that you can't control. Like getting old and getting wrinklier. Yeah. And I mean, look, I will tell you right now that the number one bullet point of being in a relationship is make the other person feel secure and safe. That's it. That's yeah. the name of the game. And because that's what I want so much, like, I want to make sure that you have that as well. That's just like, I, otherwise, sacrifices in a relationship just, they, it doesn't make sense. Being in a relationship is a sacrifice. You are doing things you wouldn't otherwise want to do. Um, the only time in my life where I have legitimately thought I might get arrested right now was when you had your 103 degree fever one of the times I wasn't traveling Mm. and the clinic wouldn't see you because of our insurance and I was like yeah I don't think they understand like you're fucking seeing my wife uh and yeah so uh, yeah you have to yeah all right so it's actually 11 o'clock already oh god I'm supposed to be doing a podcast right now another podcast all right so we're gonna have to is it legit 11 or like two minutes till 11 okay hey everybody (laughs) thank you so much it's been wonderful thank you for joining us this episode got weird as hell and if you are still watching a you're my kind of people because most people don't make it to the end and by the way if you're a sub of our newsletter when you leave a comment make sure you put hashtag impact sub I will give you back the I symbol, which is what pops up when you type in I see you. So no, that's what I'm thinking when I drop that symbol, man. I see you. You guys are the core of our community. The newsletter is our Uri thing. That is what I consider to be the absolute epicenter of this place. Um, How do so they get on the newsletter? You then? go and take advantage of Agent Smith Genius. Uh, go to our website, impacttheory.com. You will see uh, ever present on every page, there's a place to sign up for that newsletter. Um, yeah, jump in. It's stuff only for people that do the newsletter. I write uh, the intro, which is basically the meat of the uh, newsletter myself. Like, go get in there. Uh, direct relationship and i say that just because the community is everything i have to wrap now guys if you haven't already be sure to subscribe and until next time my friends be legendary legendary. take care everybody thank you so much for listening and if this content is delivering value to you please go to itunes go to stitcher rate and review us that helps us build this community and that is what we are all about right now 
building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.